Let us pray. O Lord Jesus, at your word you cause great results. We thank you that your word is here given to us. But we are unable to do the tasks you command. We are sinners, and you should depart from us. Do not depart, O Lord, but stay with us. Teach us and lead us, and include us in the work of your kingdom. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is from the Gospel according to St. Luke, the fifth chapter, beginning with the first verse. We read again verses 10 and 11 in Jesus' name. Please rise. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. The Word of God created the world in the first moments of creation while the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In today's Gospel, the Word again is spoken over the waters, creating light in men's hearts and bringing teeming life to bear. Yes, the Spirit was with Jesus ever since his baptism when the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And this was all at the Father's commission and by his design. The triune God was united in this work, although all anyone saw was the Son. This is because that is how God deals with his creation, through the person of his Son. Also called the Word, especially in St. John's Gospel where he says, The Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. The writer to the Hebrews calls Jesus the radiance of God's glory. And Jesus said, the one who has seen me has seen the Father. It shouldn't be any wonder then that the word of Jesus has astonishing results. His word is active in catching men and in changing hearts. It's a famous line from this text that Jesus told Peter, do not be afraid, from now on you will catch men. In St. Matthew's Gospel, Jesus' words are translated, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The great catch of fish that Jesus provided to Peter and his fellow fishermen represented the great work that he would accomplish through the apostolic mission in the New Testament age. That is, through the word preached by the men he commissioned, Jesus would catch many people for his kingdom. In a parable, Jesus said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore. And they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. And this is a picture of the way many come into the church, the sincere and the hypocritical. But the point is not to worry about what sort of fish the net catches. The mission must and will go on through Jesus' words and deeds and those of his disciples after him, calling people to salvation and discipleship. All kinds of sea creatures will be gathered into the visible community, both good and rotten. But what of that? The angels will sort it out on the last great day. Jesus' disciples are only not to lose heart and to carry on as they follow him in his outreach to Israel and ultimately to all 
nations. This work of Jesus was fulfilled in his apostles throughout his ministry as he sent them out on a few occasions to prepare people for his coming, but it began to be fulfilled more in earnest on Pentecost when this same Peter preached a sermon before the assembled people in Jerusalem, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now think about that mathematically for a moment. Twelve apostles... To care for 3,000 souls means each had a congregation of sorts of about 250. Of course, other disciples were also part of this. And soon we even see seven men appointed as deacons because, as the apostles said, it is not right for us to neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. But even with this added help, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved, and the number of the disciples was multiplying. One might say of this blossoming church that their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. This is not man's work. That's what should be absolutely clear. In Luther's creed hymn, it's made abundantly clear that the church is the Holy Spirit's own creation. Jesus prepared his disciples for this by saying to them, I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. It's at Jesus' word. In the first place, you notice that Peter sets out to make that great catch. He said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And Jesus' word was present earlier for the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. All these little fish crowded into the net of the word cast by Jesus. You little fish have been caught by it too. Don't wriggle free, although your sinful nature will want to. Through the sacrament of water and word, through baptism, you are caught by the Lord of the water and brought in. Ever since the earliest days, the fish has been a symbol of the Christian church. In Greek, fish is ichthus, which can also be used as an anagram, each letter of the word corresponding to a different Greek word. You can translate that anagram then as Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. Jesus, our ichthus, is not only the teacher, but he is also one of the fish coming among us and into our situation. His word catches us into his church because, as Luther's hymn sings, here forgiveness and salvation daily come through Jesus' merit. Because Jesus took up our flesh and sacrificed himself as punishment for our sins, the net doesn't mean death for us, little fish. It means life. And therefore, Jesus' word is at work changing hearts. Peter is a picture of the work done by Jesus' word. Peter knew Jesus to an extent before this encounter, for very early in Jesus' public ministry, Jesus went into Simon's house, but Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever, and Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And then here, Peter was close enough to hear Jesus preaching to the multitude, especially once Jesus commandeered his boat to use it as a pulpit. Take note that Peter and the other fishermen were, for the moment, done with their boats. The fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. 
So Peter was willing, like almost anyone might be, to share a possession that he wasn't using for the moment. Well, that's just barely a step above the jealous mentality of a toddler. But next comes the strange commission. Although these fishermen were all done with their work for the night, Jesus tells Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Peter's response highlights how strange this request is because they had spent all night fishing, the normal time, and caught nothing. And now was the daytime. This wasn't fishing time. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net, Peter said. After his catechizing, learning by hearing from Jesus, he had recognized the power of Jesus' word. It was the word of one who had authority. And this catechizing wasn't done. When the miracle occurred after the massive catch that made two professional fishing boats start to sink, Peter fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. We can't see into Peter's heart, but we can see hints of what was going on here. He might have understood the truth of Jesus' teaching in a theoretical way before this, but now suddenly with the glory of God himself standing on the soaked wooden floorboards of his boat, Peter took the truth personally. He took it to heart. He remembered all the sacrifices he had attended at the temple, seeing and smelling the blood, smelling the burning flesh, hearing the teaching of the rabbis, and he remembered his own life. And he saw how much he deserved the fate of those sacrifices, the blood and the flame. The presence of the glorious God was too much for him. Peter, the catechumen, was brought from simple fisherman to faithful hearer and now to penitent sinner. But Jesus still wasn't done with him. Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And after Jesus said this, they forsook all and followed him. This is the pattern followed by Israel in their temple worship. Called from the outside into the courts to hear and to see. Present in the courts to see the price for sin and to be called to repentance and then forgiven and sent out to be loyal to God in their vocations. When Luther composed his liturgy, he followed the same pattern, imitating ancient forms, called the worship, taught the word, confessing sins, forgiven and fed and commissioned to go out into the world as fishers of men. This is a repetitive pattern that we follow each and every week, and even each day as we pray and study God's word and interact with one another and with our unbelieving neighbors. It's worth noting that these fishermen were called by Jesus earlier than this account and that they went about their daily lives after following him for a little while before now he called them again after this miraculous catch of fish. This wonderful revelation of the divine power and glory of Jesus with its impression upon the disciples did not precede the call, but it succeeded it as a symbolic consecration for that calling to which Jesus had already summoned them, inasmuch as the miracle of this great catch of fish presented to them the word of God as a spiritual power on which they must build their hope of being fruitful in their service to him. 
The sacrament in our divine service is similar but also greater. The word has taught you, and then you eat the food Jesus miraculously provides. But that food is his own body and blood, the body which died for you and the blood which he shed for you, and that therefore proves and demonstrates the power of that word that you have for yourself and can also share with others. Pay attention, therefore, to the fact that at every stage along the pathway, Jesus is the one who is working. Jesus preached his powerful word, which catechized Peter and the other apostles, not to mention those massive multitudes who pressed about him to hear the word of God. He is the one who, accompanied, uh, who accomplished that great catch of fish. He forgave the terrified and despairing sinner, Peter, he led the disciples and continued to teach them, finally commissioning them to catch men. And when he did finally send them on that commission, he used these words, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's all centered in Jesus and his authority and power and presence. Jesus is the word of God in human flesh. And as such, he is present to accomplish his astonishing results. One note here again, which we touched on a moment ago. There was a multitude that pressed in on Jesus, but he called Peter by name. While you were on the water where Jesus' words sounded forth, he also called you by name. In your baptism, you were commissioned by Jesus. And then you were taught again and again as you are even taught now. And you were forgiven there, even as you are again and again, and even now are forgiven. And you have been commissioned. Right now, you are commissioned to follow Jesus with no more fear because your sins are forgiven. And then to go and catch men. You might have questions about how to do this. How can you talk to your neighbors? How can you catch men? I can give you some tips. I could even give you a script to use on cold calls. But what's better than that is that you come and hear. Hear first. Listen to Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Know the great blessing of forgiveness. Know that here in this church you have access to the great blessings of Jesus. So overflowing that those two boats with trained fishermen can't hold it without sinking. Forgiveness overflows in baptism, holy communion, gospel preaching, absolution. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Like a delicious dish from a wonderful restaurant, you can tell your friends and neighbors, I can't describe it. You just have to taste it. That's because it's not you who accomplished this great catch of fish. You might throw the net over the side, but even in this, it's the word of Jesus that accomplishes such astonishing results. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever sh shall be, forevermore. Amen.